Holly G with the Golf Insiders as we begin the Florida Swing. Yes, they're teeing it up uh, at the Cognizant Classic, formerly known as the Honda Classic, in West Palm Beach at PGA National. And uh, to break it all down for us today, as well as some uh, some interesting news going about in our golf universe this week, Bob Herrick from SI.com. Good morning, Bob. Hello there. How are you? First, let's uh, just do a quick wrap-up of the last two weeks. We had Hideki Matsuyama, big win for him out in Riviera at uh, the signature event out there in L.A. And then we had another first-time winner this past week in Mexico. Uh, just your thoughts on uh, Jake Knapp's win, and, and who is this guy? Yeah, look, it's been kind of a bit of a strange year. Um, the, the stars are not winning. I mean, Hideki's a star, but Hideki had fallen outside of the top 50 in the world uh, and uh, had a great back nine at Riviera to, to, to pull through and win. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Knapp, you know, a guy who's only been on tour for a short time, you know, a lot of promise, a lot of ability. Uh, obviously, hits it long, showed a lot of promise. Had had a pretty good stretch at, uh, earlier in the year to to give himself a you know a, a, a fighting chance to you know to get off to a good start. And but then he goes out and wins. And he hit only two fairways on Sunday, which is pretty unusual to win uh, when you're not hitting it in play. Right. But uh, but obviously he he's got he had enough of the game working to, to overcome it. So. Yeah, it's been a you know it's been interesting. We've just not had the you know the big name guys winning so far. Uh, you know, other than Wyndham Clark, and I, you know, I might argue that he's not really a huge big name. He did win the U.S. Open, but but uh, you know, we, Rory hasn't obviously only played a couple times. No Max Homa, no Justin Thomas, no Jordan Spieth, no G- uh, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, you know, Ricky Fowler. These guys have not won. And, uh, you know, here we are. We're already to Florida, and, uh, the, you know, the Masters isn't too far off. Well, speaking of Max Homa, uh, of course, he was one of the four that appeared in the match uh, in West Palm Beach on, on uh, Monday night. His game wasn't looking so good, Bob. He was all over the course. Maybe, maybe he just doesn't like playing under the lights. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Um, Not that we blame him. Right, you know, I'm all in favor of uh, of them them going at it and and giving us something else to to watch and giving us something else to talk about and and obviously exposing you know just you know a different side, a different well, side of the game and personalities. And finally, they got some women players in the mix. Hello. And listen, it's absolutely true. In fact, I wish they would have just done teams. Agree. Uh, Agree. You know, you know, pair them up. You know, have. You know, Rory and Rose play together, and and or, or however they wanted to do it, and be you know be some sort of a best ball or whatever, or alternate shot, however you wanted to do it, and uh, instead of playing you know what they played a skins game, that was just thought that was odd that they would go at it that way, but but in, in any case, you know it was good that they got them out there, and, and and you know I think going forward they they need to they need to do that more often. Yeah, we'll see what the next iteration holds. So. 
Speaking of Rory McIlroy, he is teeing it up this week. A little bit of uh, controversial comments going back and forth between he and Taylor Gooch, who is now playing on Live Golf, uh, was player of the year last year. Um, what's going on there with this whole asterisk comment? Well, you know, I think that's kind of silly to say that. Um, I, you know, I I, I could probably rattle off here in a minute or two a bunch of majors over the years that didn't have everybody uh, there for whatever reason, and there's not an asterisk attached to it. Uh, winning a major is hard no matter what. You're, you know, it's the, the pressure, you know, the, 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 the field strength is still strong, even if there's, if there's a few guys missing. But I understand Gooch's frustration. Uh, you know, uh, last year, he was sort of, uh, I, I thought it was petty that the USGA changed the wording uh, of, its, of its exemptions that, that basically only applied to him. Uh, you know, he, he had made it to the, you know, he had qualified for the Tour Championship the year before and, and probably should have been in the U.S. Open. Uh, and, and obviously he was Liv's best player. Now, the problem is we don't exactly know he won three times. He was their player of the year, their points thing. We don't exactly know how to measure that. You know, that, and that's the problem. Liv isn't getting world ranking points, and obviously there's controversy about that. But, I mean, I think we could all agree that, all right, maybe they don't comply, or maybe they need to do this, they need to do that. But certainly playing against who he's playing at means something. All right? We don't know exactly where it falls. We don't know exactly how to judge it, but to suggest that it that it's that it's nothing, I think, is is wrong. And so for him, you know, to be, you know, he, he beat Brooks and he beat Cam and he beat Dustin Johnson and you know a, a bunch of guys uh, last year. You know, it, it it's not winning a PGA Tour event. Maybe it's not even winning a DP World Tour event, but it's winning against pretty good pro golfers. And it gets you nowhere. He's out of the top 400 in the world. And so I kind of understand his frustration. But, you know, to, to, to then go down the road of I, – I, I don't think they help themselves by making that argument. Oh, well, there's going to be an asterisk. You know, well, no, there's not. You know, the Masters is going to go on. It has – as of right now, it has 13 live players in the field. Watching Neiman's in, he got an invite. He, he made the effort – to go around the world and try to earn points. And so they rewarded him for that, you know. Right. And for now, until until the, all the people come together, and I'm one who advocates for them to figure it out, whether it's Liv, whether it's the OWGR, if they're going to be playing again next year, they need to figure out a way to, to get them points. And if that means Liv has to change some things to its format, then it needs to change some things to its format, you know. But but because it's just not good, I don't think that that guys who who maybe could be there or should be there are are being denied because where they've decided to play isn't being recognized. And is this also part of the bigger conversation, Bob? Where many, including yourself, have have questioned, you know, is the OWGR outdated? That some of the best players in the world, let's face it, are not being accounted for properly. Well, you know, I, I have a couple of ways I look at this. I mean, yeah, they're not being accounted for properly, and, and, and the OWGR actually acknowledges this. But the problem is, is Liv's format, and this is really getting in the, weed, getting in the weeds, is unlike any other 
accredited tour, and there's 24 of them. There's not proper ways on and off the tour from week to week. You know, like this week's Honda Classic has a bunch of different players that, that played last week in, in Mexico. They have they have uh, they have open Monday four qualifying spots on Monday. There's a there's you know there's a there's there's the FedEx list where you know not everybody plays and so there's turnover from week to week. You're facing different guys. You're seeing different levels of players. There, there, there could be probably you know in the, what what is 144 players. There's a possibility of 200 guys that could have been in that tournament. You know, and, and, and then next week at, at Bay Hill, it's the same thing. Now, it's a signature event, and the top 50 from last year's FedEx are in, but there is a system that allows for another 20 or so players to come on board. And it's not going to be exactly the same as what was at Genesis, not exactly the same as what was at Pebble Beach. Their fields change. And yeah. so, so on Live, now with Anthony Kim being locked in, they have the same 54 guys. Unless there is an injury, there's no change from week to week. And that presents a math problem with the OWGR. I know there's some semantics there. Mark Brody, who's behind the strokes gain thing with the OWGR, says it's not a math problem. But the OWGR itself has said it doesn't work. And there's the, the, the gurus who will say, tell you that the field rating doesn't change. It actually would go up a little bit if you're playing against the same guys every week. Now, is that going to change the dynamic of how many points Liv is getting? I would say no. I mean, it, 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 based on their field size, only 54 guys, they're they're down anyway because you don't have as many players to add up the points. And so, so like, I just think that there should be a way. Like, Liv should compromise a little bit, have weekly qualifying, have different guys get in every week, have a rogue team. Four guys make up their own team mm. every week who qualify. Interesting. That way, that way you have four different guys and you have turnover. Or have a system where the bottom four or six guys every week come off for a week and are replaced by somebody else. In team sports, there's roster turnover from game to day, game, week to week. Sure. You know, like, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays are not going to have the same 26 guys on opening day as they have on September 1st. In fact, half that, half that roster might churn. So they need to figure out a way in in, uh, in 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 live. I think. On the other hand, the OWGR probably needs to recognize that okay, we can we can accommodate this somehow if they do some level of of uh, turnover. And and you know, look, the, the the basic math is is their players are going to probably get like 25, 27 points for a win. A tour event gets usually in the 60s 60s, or 50 or 60s, you know. I mean, so it's not like a a clear path to the top of the world rankings, but at least they're getting something. And then if they go supplement it by playing, you know, around the world, international series events, Asian tour events where they're allowed, you know, sub-DP world where they're allowed, then you have a fighting chance to move up in the world rankings. But the longer they keep waiting... The farther these guys slide down, I mean, Ty Taylor Gooch, let's come on, he's not outside the top 400 in the world, and and Dustin Johnson isn't outside the top 200. That's a problem. But Liv hasn't done anything really either to try to conform, and so here we are with this impasse. Well, speaking of a fighting chance, Anthony Kim, as you mentioned, 
now joining uh, the Live Golf uh, teams. And for my listeners who may say, who's Anthony Kim? It's been, what, 12 years since we've seen him play? Uh, was considered a phenom when he hit the tour. Can you give us a uh, flashback? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a legend of Anthony Kim just because of the way he went away so mysteriously. Uh, I think if he had been public more and, 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 and he'd seen him or he had, he had, you know, announced that he was quitting or tried to come back once in a while, this narrative might be different. You know, look, he won three times. He hasn't won since 2010. Um, he was on a Ryder Cup team and a President's Cup team, and he dealt with a ton of injuries. He's a great player in junior golf, a great player in college, a lot of fanfare. You know, had a, had a, had a lot of had a lot of swagger, uh, and and he kind of came along during that time when Nike was really big, and and having them in golf and and him and him and Tiger and, and he, some of their guys. He, was he, kinda, he brought bling. Into the game, Bob. Remember those big belts he had with his initials right. on them. Right. Yep. He was, a, you know, he was a character, and and that was good. And then, and then, you know, he he he, but he was injured a lot. He had a wrist injury. He had then he Achilles. had a problem. Yeah. You know, he 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 in in 2012, the last three tournaments he played were all WDs. Mm. And um, and and then after that, you know, he he. Uh, yeah, he just he, he became sort of a recluse, yeah. You know, and there was talk of a, about an insurance policy that he had taken out in case of injury, and you know, like would he forfeit that if he tried to play? And it sounds like there's some truth to that. Uh, I mean, it'd be great if he ever talks about what what his situation was. My sense is is that you know he's coming back now because that that either has expired or he's past a point where maybe he only owes a little of it. I mean, I can't imagine that any insurance company never wants you to go back to work. You know, I mean, I don't think you'd have to forfeit all of it. Right. Uh, but uh, clearly, you know, Liv has made him some guarantee. And obviously by playing the no-cut events, he's guaranteed at least 11 of them uh, because he's playing the rest of their individual s- season. You know, they, the, the last place guy out there makes 50 grand now. So, you know, he's guaranteed himself at least a half million dollars in prize money. You figure he's not going to finish last every week. Um, it looks from what I've seen that his swing is still pretty good. But, I mean, it's been a heck of a long time since he's competed. And, uh, look, he's a huge curiosity factor now. It's probably worth the risk for Liv. Absolutely. But, but if he bombs, then then that's going to go away pretty quick. Sure. Or it could be an incredible comeback story and, you know, a, a kudo to live to provide, you know, that uh, gateway. Who knows? Yep, yep. All right, so the tournament, <laughs> the Cognizant Classic, one of these events that's been around forever, Bob, and, you know, squeezed in between a couple of signature events, and, and yet the tournament fights on. Uh, PJ National, such a great golf course, the Bears Trap, as we know, but. I've been reading a a number of things that says it's going to be a softer, gentler champions course. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, first of all, they they, uh, they, they turned, I believe it's the 10th hole from a par 4 into a par 5. Yes. And, and, you know, I always thought the PGA National was a little bit artificially toughened up. 
It's been a par 70. They had converted two par fives into par fours. You know, that's typically a, a tough thing to do because that you're asking guys to hit iron shots in the greens that are meant for short irons because they're supposed to be par fives. And not good the way it, the wind blows there. Right. And so, and then, you know, they had rough. And so, like, for some reason, it became this badge of honor to have, like, a, 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 score, a winning score of six or seven under par. And I'll be honest with you, I, I think it hurt them. I, uh, you know, they, they, they tried to make the 17th hole too much into, like, the 16th at uh, Phoenix. Well, it's not a 130-yard hole. It's like 100, it's been 180, 190, 200 over water. You got fans right on top of you screaming in your face as you're trying to hit a mid-iron shot to par three over water. I, I think it turned some guys off. And, you, you know, look, this is the first time Roy's played there since 2018. Ricky Fowler's won there and hadn't played there right. for a few years. A lot of guys who live there haven't been playing. And so, you know, it, not that these guys should always have an easy course to play, but I think, you know, there's, there, there's a fine line there. And giving them, a, giving them a birdie hole, it's a mindset. Cutting back the rough a little bit. He's got that closing stretch, the bear trap, that's tough enough as it is. If the wind blows, it'll be plenty hard. And if not, so what? They'll shoot 15 or 18 under. You know, is that the end of the world? I don't think so. And uh, I, think, I, I think it's probably a good move. Obviously, Honda, great sponsor for 40-some years, decided to get out. And they found somebody. You know, to the tour's credit, they've got somebody, I believe, Cognizant's on board for six years. You know, there's been a lot of doom and gloom about tour sponsorships, but, you know, they found somebody to step into a place that's been struggling a little bit, and that's a pretty good coup for them, I think. Yeah, and a great story from last year, Chris Kirk uh, seeing the resurgence of his career, and Eric Cole, the emergence of an incredible year after grinding it out on tour for years. So there, there always seem to be some great stories that come out of this event. Absolutely. I mean, listen, last year one of this was, you know, that the event was sort of panned because it got, was, didn't, yeah, I think they only had eight of the top 50 in the world. Um, you know, came, last year came right after Riviera. It was the same week as Liv's opener. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk that there was nobody there. And they had this really compelling tournament with a playoff. You know, Eric Cole went on to be the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Uh, obviously, Chris Kirk had a resurgence. His, his backstory is really interesting. And um, uh, so, you know, they had a good tournament. I, 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 one thing I will say, though, this year we've had a lot of stories, you know, and, and I think stories are good, uh, but stars sell. And they, they, we kind of need the stars to step up. I, I enjoy the, the stories too. Obviously, it's my it's part of my job, but but we also need the stars, and and it's been a little top heavy with stories so far, and, and so it'll be interesting to see who emerges th this week down there. Well, some somebody who may emerge as a story off the course is Luke Donald, who is uh, stepping into the NBC analyst role as they continue to do this revolving uh, thing in the booth. Bob, taking some chances and trying out some new people since uh, Paul Azinger left. Um, what's, what's your thought on that? It's uh, been interesting. Of course, we've seen Kevin Kisner. We saw Smiley Kaufman, the two of them on the, the 16th at the Waste Management was as, as entertaining as the, as the crowd. Exactly. Yeah, listen, hey, you know, it's um, they're, they're, they're rotating it. It seems like a good idea right now if they don't have anybody that they're locked in on. 
Uh, and, you know, I don't necessarily think that's such a bad idea overall. Uh, you know, uh, well, these guys are so close to the players, right? I mean, they, they give insights. It's, it's like listening to Tony Romo cover football. It's, it's just a, you know, a whole nother, uh, level. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I, I think Luke Donald will be good. I, uh, you know, Bones, I thought was good last week. They've had, it's been interesting to, to just get some different voices in there. And that, you know, I'm, I'm not one to want to sit there and like critique these guys. I think it's hard. But they do. I, I don't think that's an easy job. We, the, the golf media, you know, golf TV is under the microscope a lot because there's too many commercials. And, oh, we don't see enough shots. It's it, but but the guys doing the work. It's tough. It's tough duty. And uh, uh, so you know, so far I think it's it's been working out fine for them. Well, who knows? Maybe the maybe they'll have Charles, Sir Charles, step in. In a couple of weeks, I I just love listening to him during the match, and you know he's he's probably the saving grace of of that whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, time to throw your dart, Bob. Who are you picking to win? Well, um, I uh, in my in my little season long thing before the year, I had picked um, Eric Cole just because he came so close last year. But I kind of like Seth Straka. Who's 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 played Ooh. well there too and won, so uh, I, we'll we'll see how they do. It looks like the scores are pretty good already, and, uh, and I've the, not been too good on my picks yet this year, so we'll see. The weather couldn't be finer. And just a a last uh, promo as we step away here for your new book, Drive on on Tiger, coming out March twenty sixth. If uh, people want to order that book now, Bob, because it's a good one, where do where do they go? Yeah, uh, probably the easiest is to just go to Amazon, um, but it's available like at Barnes and Noble and Target and and all those places online too. If you if you go to my Twitter, there's a link there at Bob Herrig. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's less than a month away now when the book drops. It's, which will only be two weeks before the Masters, and a lot of it's tied to the Masters. You know, it's it's the five, believe it or not, it's the five year anniversary of Tiger's fifteenth major. That's incredible. Twenty nineteen, and the book dives into that a lot. It's 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 a it's a big part of the book. You know, his his comebacks, his resiliency in coming back so many times. Obviously, that was a huge one. No doubt, drive the lasting legacy of Tiger Woods. Bob's new book coming out March 26th. You can get it now uh, wherever you buy your books online. Bob, congratulations. We'll be talking more about it. Thanks so much. Bob Herrick from SI.com.